and welcome to The Snap, a Marvel Cinematic Universe recap podcast where we're going to be talking about all 21 Marvel movies leading up to Avengers Endgame. I'm your host, Kayla Jouette, and today on this episode, we are going to be talking about Black Panther. And joining me for this film is Blessing Adioye Jr. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. Pretty good. Um, I was just telling you before, I'm so tired. <laughs> I got like zero to no sleep last night, but it's it's fine. Um, we're here to talk about Black Panther, so it's cool. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, so my name is Blessing. Uh, I do work for a website called OK Beast, uh, which uh, we essentially cover uh, a lot of video game content, uh, a lot of entertainment com- uh, content, and we kind of just talk about uh, whatever we want uh, through videos, podcasts, uh, and articles. Um, and so okbeast.com if you want to check that stuff out. Um, aside from that, I'm just a dude. I, I just like live here in the world. That's what I do. I just, <laughs> just exist. a dude. <laughs> I'm just just a existing. Dude. It's fine. Well, <laughs> glad you exist. That's fun. Uh, we actually got to meet up at PAX, which is great. Yes, we did. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited to talk about this film. Um, such a great one. Such a good one. Yeah. Like I've mentioned it before too. Um, but you know, we all sign up for this MCU and like watching superhero films, but it's really rare that one of them makes such a cultural impact. But yeah, yeah like, it's... I was watching it. Uh, I watched it last night or I guess like all of yesterday. Cause I started it and then I took a break uh, because I wanted to cook food real quick. And then I kept watching it. Um, and when it came out in theaters, I think I watched it maybe five or six times. in theaters. Wow. It's that's like, awesome. It's more than I've ever seen any film uh, in theaters for sure um and watching on netflix is the first time i watched it since it had come out of theaters um and it's crazy like from beginning to end um there are just like moments where i'm like man this movie i'm shocked that this movie can even exist in the way that it does with the message that it has um being a part of the mcu um and just it, it achieves so much across multiple levels um that like every time i watch it i end up enjoying it even more and so right yeah, it's there's so many great messages in this film and like especially with the the times that we're living in and everything like there's a little bit of a call to some some shit and the end credit yeah. scene which I will I'll get there. We'll get there when we recap it. Um but yeah, I'm excited to recap it. Um the layout for the podcast, we're going to do the recap which I used to say 10 10 minutes, but they've been getting a little bit juicier, so 10 <laughs> to 15 minutes hopefully. Um then we're going to review it and we're going to rate it. And I will ask Blessing what his top three MCU films are. Um, and then at the end, we are going to, as always, talk about some endgame theories and maybe what we want to see from the film. But yeah, Blessing, are you ready for me to do the recap on Black Panther? Super ready. Cool. Um, and like I said before, if if I screw something up, if I miss something, interrupt me. It's cool. So here is the recap on Black Panther. Long ago, a meteor made out of vibranium, the strongest metal on Earth, struck Africa and affected all the plant life around the area. When men came, five tribes settled on it and called it Wakanda. They lived in constant war with each other over it until one man was approached by the panther goddess Bast, uh, who left him the heart-shaped herb, which granted him superhuman strength, speed, and instincts. He became king and the first black panther, protector of Wakanda. Four tribes stayed under the king, but the Jabari tribe went up into the mountains. Wakanda uses vibranium to create mass technology, but the world around them erupted into chaos. And we see depictions of slave trade and warfare and these bombs going off and 
So to keep the vibranium safe, they use their advanced technology to hide from the world in plain sight by cloaking their area, and they still hide today. So we pan to California in 1992. Uh, Two men are planning out something when they hear this knock on the door. Two warrior women come in, and they talk to him in Wakandan and ask him who who he is and to prove himself. And he reveals himself to be the prince of Wakanda, and he says uh, he shows this glowing tattoo inside of his lip, uh, which they call the, I think they call it the war dog tattoo. Um, so they shut off the lights, and the Black Panther appears before him, and he reveals himself to be his older brother, and he tells him that there has been an attack. Ulysses Claw, which we met first in Age of Ultron, who is selling the vibranium, um, he stole vibranium from him, and many lives were lost. And he knows that he had somebody on the inside, and he is accusing him, his brother, of betraying Wakanda. And uh, he says that he has done no such thing, but his friend that is with him shows to be an undercover spy for Wakanda named Zuri, who was watching him for many years. Um, so the king tells him to return to Wakanda at once to face the council and pay for his crimes. And um, down below, we see the flight take off and all of the kids uh, playing basketball outside are watching this happen. So this movie is taking place after King T'Chaka died and T'Challa takes over the throne. Him and Okoye are flying above, um, just like flying, and they're going on a mission uh, to get Nakia. Uh, she, I think she's just on a mission to help rescue a bunch of um, just like refugees or like ladies. And so they're on their way over there and Okoye tells him not to freeze when he sees Nakia, kind of saying that they had a thing back then. Um, So he jumps down, they shut down all these cars with their advanced tech and he stealthily engages these men who have taken hostage Nakia and other women. Um, She tells him that he has ruined her mission and he's like, He steps in and he says, my father is dead and I will be crowned king tomorrow. And he wants her to be there. So they fly into Wakanda and we see what looks like this huge forest. And I was getting like such Lion King vibes from the scene in general. I mean, in general, there's a lot of like Lion King things, which is great. But um, they're flying like over like animals and mountains and plains. And then there's this huge forest that they're flying into, which decloaks and turns into this huge, large city um, with amazing futuristic tech. Uh, They arrive, they meet with the queen and the princess, Princess Shuri, and Shuri says that she's only here to update his tech. So we pan to London, where a young black man named Eric Stevens is meeting up with this white lady in a museum who she is so-called an expert on the African artifacts. Um, He tells her that she's wrong about one artifact, and it's actually from Wakanda, but he's going to just take it off her hands for her. And she says, it's not for sale, and she starts coughing over her coffee, and he says, You've had all your guards watching me since I walked in, but you didn't even watch what you put in your body. So she falls to the ground. Medics come in to rescue. One of the medics is Claw. uh, So he kills everyone in the exhibit. We see a girl working for them in the coffee shop who shuts off security so they can bust into the artifact to prove it's vibranium. So they take that. He also grabs another African artifact mask just because he's feeling it. Um, Back in Wakanda, their ceremonies begin for the crowning of T'Challa. All the people from different tribes stand around him while he stands on the water, um, on top of the waterfall. He drinks something to strip the powers of the Black Panther from him. And any tribe that wishes to put forth a warrior, they may yield or die in combat to challenge the throne. So each tribe yields except for the Jabari tribe, where M'Baku challenges T'Challa. They say that they have watched their technological advancements be handled by a child, 
and they are against handing over the title king to a prince who could not protect his own father. T'Challa accepts the challenge. The fight begins, um, and the warriors are closing in on them. Baku almost takes him out until he snaps back and he gets him in this tight headlock and forces him to yield because he doesn't want to kill him and his people need him. So he is crowned as King T'Challa, the Black Panther. And that night, he takes the drink from the purple heart-shaped herb to restore his powers and take him to the ancestor plane. He, as he's going into the plane and they're burying him in the sand, he has these flashbacks of the Winter Soldier in Vienna when he couldn't save his father from the bomb that went off. Uh, He wakes up in this grassland with these beautiful aurora skies in front of a tree filled with Black Panthers. And one of the Panthers jumps down to be revealed as his father. Uh, He tells his father that he's not ready, not to be king, but to be without him. And he asks him how to best protect Wakanda. And his father says, you need to surround yourself with people you trust. The next day, T'Challa and Nakia walk in the town and he's asking her to stay. And she's like, no, she can't turn a blind eye to the people outside of Wakanda who have nothing. She wants him to share what they have. But he says if the world found out what they truly are, they would not be able to protect themselves. T'Challa talks to his friend Wakabi of another tribe uh, about sharing the wealth or waging wars. And then Okoye calls them to tell them that there was a stolen artifact by Claw, who plans to sell it to an American buyer in Korea tomorrow night. So uh, he tells them that he will go with Okoye and Nakia to Korea to bring him back dead or alive. Um, Before he leaves, though, he goes into the technology hub where Shuri has this new tech for him, new gear. Uh, She gives him this new suit that just fits within a necklace that he can just like think about equipping and it will turn him into the Black Panther. And it also absorbs kinetic energy to push back on enemies even harder. They arrive in South Korea and head into a hidden underground club to find Claw. Uh, T'Challa approaches CIA agent Everett Ross, who we met in Civil War, and they both are placing bets on a table. Uh, Ross says that his business with Claw is not of his concern and he shouldn't interfere. Stan Lee has a little cameo here as this older gentleman who takes T'Challa's winnings for safekeepings. So Ross tells him that He's here to take down the guy who's responsible for a lot of things that affected Sokovia, and after they take him in, they can make an agreement. T'Challa says there will be no agreement. So Claw shows up. He meets with Ross. He has a ton of men with him. Uh, Okoye is found out, and she uh, starts to fight, and there's a shootout in the club. Uh, T'Challa almost gets his hands on Claw, but he shoots him and he escapes. So Nakia and Okoye drive after him, and then Black Panther jumps onto this, like, car. So the car is not being driven by anybody. Shuri has this, like, tech where she's driving it from Wakanda. It's cool. He's riding on top of it. Um, The ladies get knocked off the car. Um, T'Challa finally catches up to Claw, who he almost kills, but then notices the entire crowd around him is filming the whole thing. So they bring him into the CIA with Ross, where Ross can question him. Claw tries to tell Ross that Wakanda is El Dorado, but Ross says, no, it's a third third world country, and he stole all their vibranium, which makes him laugh. Uh, He says that they have a mountain full of it, and he's the only outsider who's seen it. Meanwhile, Eric's crew shows up by tracking Claw. They blow up the wall, they take Claw out, while um, Eric tries to throw grenades in and blow the place up, where um, Black Panther jumps on it, absorbs the grenade, and tries to fire back, but he sees Eric, makes eye contact, well, not eye contact because Eric's wearing the mask, but he sees them and notices the necklace with a ring attached to it that looks just like his ring. So. Ross was hit in the spine by a bullet in the crossfire, so they use their tech to stabilize him for now, but they're going to take him to Wakanda to save him. So they show up, and Shuri says, 
great, another broken white boy for us to fix, which is a callback to Bucky. Um, so Wakabi confronts T'Challa about letting Claw slip through his fingers, and he says that his father did nothing on the throne, and he expected more from him. So there's a little tension there. So Claw and his crew go to leave, but then Eric betrays all of them and kills him because he wants to go to Wakanda himself. But before he kills Claw, he shows the branding on his lip to reveal that he is also Wakandan. So T'Challa confronts Zuri about his uncle who went missing many years ago because he saw a man today who had a ring identical to his that his father gave him. So Zuri says the king made him swear not to tell anybody. His uncle took a warlord assignment in America. We found out that his uncle fell in love with an American woman, had a child, and was, quote, radicalized uh, by the American ways. We hear in Jobo... Njobu, uh, tell him that their people are oppressed. They are overly policed and incarcerated. They suffer because they don't have the tools to fight back. Uh, so he pulls a gun out on Suzuri and the King T'Chaka stops the bullet and kills his brother. And they say that they left the child there to be fatherless because they had to maintain the lie. So Eric shows up to Wakanda in front of the four tribes with a dead claw as a gift for them. And then we see Ross who wakes up for his, uh, from his spine surgery and walks around this room filled with Wakandan technology. Shuri finds out about the outsider and calls in T'Challa and Nakia. Ross tells them that Eric Stevens is one of theirs. He was a black ops soldier and racked up a ton of kills, took up the name Killmonger, and joined a ghost unit to commit assassinations. He also has a war dog tattoo, but they do not have any record of him. So the council meets up and Killmonger shows up before them. He says he wants the throne. They're sitting here comfortable while people like them are all over the world suffering. T'Challa doesn't want the vibranium to wage war and to fall into the hands of people like him. So Eric reveals himself to be the son of Njobu, and it is his right to challenge T'Challa for the throne. T'Challa accepts his challenge. Um, again, he is stripped of his powers, and he is standing in the water with Killmonger. Um, Killmonger says that he lived his entire life for this moment. He takes off his shirt to reveal scars all over his body to mark all of his kills. They start the fight. T'Challa starts off strong, but Killmonger prevails, kills Zuri, and also throws T'Challa off the side of the waterfall where he is presumed dead. So he is king now. The queen and Shuri leave while they can, and Okoye and the warriors have to listen to him now. Killmonger uh, performs his ritual to take the powers of the Black Panther and to go into the ancestral plane. He has flashbacks of playing basketball and finding his father dead. His ancestral plane is actually inside of the room where he found his father. He arrives and pulls back a barrier to reveal a notebook with writing inside of it that reveals where Wakanda is, where to find it, the Wakandan language, and the ring. And he meets his father, who tells him that the sunsets there are the most beautiful in the world. He fears that they will not accept him there. He said he should have taken him back long ago, but instead they both abandoned it. And he says, maybe it's them that are lost. And then he wakes up. Um... So when he wakes up, he tells all the people around him performing the ceremony to burn everything, burn all of the um, heart-shaped herbs. And Nakia sneaks in to the ceremony, sees this happening, steals one, and then he burns it all. So he thinks that nobody else can harness the power of the Black Panther. So Killmonger sits on the throne in front of the council and tells them that where he's from, his people started revolutions without weapons. Imagine what they could have done with Wakanda's help. He says, now we're going to send in our weapons to our spies in every nation to overthrow and kill all the oppressors, their children, and anyone else who sides with them. It's time they knew the truth about Wakanda. So Nakia and crew take the heart-shaped herb up the mountain to give it to M'Baku to help overthrow Killmonger. The queen wants Nakia to take it herself instead of possibly creating another monster. 
but she cannot because she is only a spy. As they talk, they are approached and surrounded by the Jabari warriors. They are brought before M'Baku, where the queen tells him that her son was murdered in ritual combat. Nakia offers him the herb, and he tells them to come with him. They have T'Challa with them in a coma. They found him at the edge of the river. So they use the herb on him to try and heal him and give him his powers back. They bury him in the snow, and we see T'Challa greet his father and his ancestors in the plain. Uh, He asks him why he didn't bring the boy home, and he says he was wrong to turn their backs on the rest of the world. He cannot stay there with them because he can't rest while he sits on the throne. He is a monster of their own making. And he wakes up. They tell him what has happened. Um, Shuri gives him back the suit necklace and says she will be beside Black Panther. Um, And then T'Challa asks M'Baku for his army, and he's like, nah, you're not getting it. So Killmonger tries to send off his weapons, but the airship gets knocked down. Black Panther arrives and says that he never yielded, and as you can see, he is not dead. Wakabi orders his tribe to listen to Killmonger, uh, and Okoye and the warriors turn on Killmonger. So we have, like, the tribes fighting against each other now. Um, And then we see Killmonger has his own Black Panther suit. So Wakabi calls his rhinos in to fight with them and stampede on the battlefield. Uh, Nakia and Shuri instruct Ross to fly this tech-operated copter, similar to how she was driving the car from inside. Uh, so he can hit out any of the ships that are taking off weapons because they don't want them to leave Wakanda. Nakia and uh, Shuri armor up. They go on to take Killmonger alone. Shuri gets knocked down and T'Challa sees this and runs to them, knocks Killmonger down into the mining cave of Vibranium. So they're fighting on the tracks and Shuri turns on the stabilizers so that neither of their Vibranium powered suits will work. T'Challa tells Killmonger that he has become just as bad, and he will destroy the entire world, including Wakanda. Uh, They start shooting Ross from the inside while he's trying to shoot the ships, but he continues the mission in order to stop the Vibranium from leaving Wakanda. Wakabi and his army surround Nakia, Shuri, and Okoye and tell them to drop their weapons. Uh, When we start to hear M'Baku and his army show up to save them and fight for T'Challa. So all the tribes are continuing to fight, while Killmonger and Black Panther continue their fight. Ross takes out the last ship, and he escapes before they kill him. Wakabi charges at M'Baku, but Okoye steps in front of him, and he's like, would you kill me, my love? And she's like, for Wakanda, without a question. So he orders his army to drop his weapons, and he kneels at her feet. Great scene. Um, T'Challa prevails and ends up stabbing Killmonger in the center of his chest. Uh, So Killmonger tells him... Eric tells him that his pop said Wakanda was the most beautiful place he's ever seen and that he would bring him one day, a kid in Oakland running around believing fairy tales. T'Challa helps walk him out of the cave and onto the ground, which they can watch the sunset as he is dying. T'Challa says they can still heal him, but Eric says, why? So you could just lock me up? No, bury me in the ocean with my ancestors who jumped from the ships because they knew death was better than bondage. He pulls the dagger from his chest and dies. So T'Challa is again the king of Wakanda. Shuri and him arrive in Oakland to where their father killed their uncle, and he says that he bought the building and all the buildings surrounded it. This will be the first Wakandan um, International Outreach Center. They show their ship to a bunch of kids playing basketball, and then one of them asks them who he is and the credits roll. So we have two end credit scenes. Uh, The first one, they arrive at the UN in Vienna to speak before the people. Um... T'Challa greets them as the king of Wakanda, and for the first time in their history, they will share their knowledge and resources with the world. They will no longer watch from the shadows. He says, more connects us than separates us. 
in times of crisis, the wise build bridges and the foolish build barriers. A white man on the panel asks, what can a nation of farmers do for the rest of the world? And T'Challa just smiles. And then the last end scene, uh, we see three young boys um, of a tribe standing over someone while Shuri waits outside. And Bucky Barnes comes out of the shelter and they call him the White Wolf. And she asks him how he's feeling and he says good. And she says, there is much more for him to learn. And that is Black Panther. So, blessing. Dang. Tell me how you feel about the film. Uh, so two things. First of all, you killed that. That was very Thank good. Thank you. Thank you so uh, much. Secondly, uh, the film is amazing. Um, no, like, I mean, there are parts where I, I, I wanted to jump in, but your, your flow was really good on that. Um, <laughs> but uh, what, one of the parts where I was very close to saying something was um, when uh, Okoye, uh, when she's face-to-face uh, with her, uh, I forget his name, her man, essentially mm-hmm. on the battlefield. Um, and yeah, he asks her the question and she's like, uh, she like raises her spear and she's like, without question. Every time she does that, like legit, I get goosebumps because she's right. just so, like, she's so, she's so good. loyal to Wakanda. Yeah. And she's so loyal that even though this man has like come and taken the throne and he's an outsider to them, she's like, I am still loyal to my country. I will be here on the inside, even though, because like, this is my position and I have to be this position. And I love that yeah. about her. Like she is committed to the country, like with, with like, no questions asked um and she like she's willing to do whatever it takes to serve to uh, to serve her country which like even like prior to that right when it when things kind of go down uh between killmonger and uh t'challa right when like killmonger th- uh, throws him off the cliff and all that stuff and like um uh lupita uh i forget her character's name um when she confronts okoye about it uh she's like i i cannot like uh b- betray my country like killmonger is the king now like, mm-hmm. I mean, at that point, like, right, there is th- there is that uh, struggle of, like, well, I mean, Killmonger is, ob- is obviously, like, evil, right? Like, he's going to, um, he's not, he's, he's not going to be what's best for the world. Um, but even despite that, Okoye really is all about that responsibility. So, like, I, I very much appreciate the character of Okoye for that reason. Mm-hmm, for um, sure. e- even though, like, there is, like, the, the slight issue that her and her relationship um, uh, uh, with, I can't remember his name. Um, it's um, get out, man. Wakabi. Wakabi. <laughs> Wakabi. Yeah, her and Wakabi's relationship doesn't feel as fleshed out as it should be. And I remember like there being a deleted scene uh, that uh, showed up on Twitter that I watched, and I was like, oh, they included this one scene, and that would have fixed the whole thing because mm-hmm. um, there, like, you could tell that there's some depth there that I think just got cut, um, just got left on the cutting room floor, uh, unfortunately. But I absolutely love um, Okoye in this film. Um, then what was the other other part? The other part was when uh they uh black panther and Kilmonger had that um had the fight uh underground in like the the train tunnel mm-hmm. system Did um, you, that's like a callback by the way to anybody listening to the underground railroad just interesting i didn't even think yeah. about that yeah that makes sense um but like so for me watching this film right there have been like three times i think watching this film that i've like teared up a bit mm-hmm. um and they they've all been in three different moments and like last night was like the third time where um they're fighting in the underground right and it gets to that point where uh t'challa stabs killmonger to defeat him and he's he killmonger says the whole thing uh where he's like uh my dad used to tell me about uh wakanda and all this stuff and like can you believe that a kid from from oakland believing in fairy tales and legit like watching it last night i was like oh no why why is this like why is this hurting me my soul right now and then like clearly like you know t'challa's like 
you know, I have to do this. I have to take you down, but we could still heal you. I don't want, yeah. I don't, I want to write this wrong, but still he's like, it's too late to write this wrong. Like, yeah, you that can't, was like the, yeah, that was like the first time uh, I actually teared up watching this film. I think it was the first time I was watching this film where, where he says that quote of like, I, um, about like his ancestors jumping from mm-hmm. the boat, which people will point it out. Like if they jump from the boat, they're not actually your ancestors. Cause they weren't, they didn't go on to like have like, continue that but, legacy but still like the, are, the idea you know? behind it is like understood right right um and so yeah there's that part and then uh i forget the, the third the third part in that in this movie that makes me tear up is um when killmonger goes into the ancestral plane and has that uh that face-to-face conversation uh with his father um and i can't remember the exact quote uh that got me i think it was what was it what was it, what was it? Um, um he tells him like uh like I should have brought you back one day, but I but he didn't. And then he says to him, "Hold on, what happened?" It was something about everybody around here dies, um, or everybody mm-hmm. dies around here. Yeah, uh, it's so re- sad because he's a he's such a young. Uh, yeah, I didn't mention here. Yeah. yeah, he's such a young boy, and he says like, "I'm sorry for for dying and leaving you." And then he doesn't even like cry or anything. He just shrugs and says, "Everybody dies around here." Yes, uh, and that part always hits me because I think it's a message that is super like i like i understand exactly why killmonger is the way he is i understand why exactly killmonger's uh father went down the route uh he was trying to go to go down um because like if you're if you're a kid right growing up in a in a in a poor community in a black poor community like you you understand that anger and you understand like why people would some like somebody would be like hey like we need to flip the situation like uh uh coming at this with the the idea of peace isn't necessarily going to right. uh liberate all the people i see around me dying right and like i mean this movie even like at times is kind of difficult for me to watch uh, uh last night after like a couple weeks ago um uh, a rapper nipsey, nipsey hustle passed away right, yeah. uh, via gun violence right and like that's not like he's like the third rapper in like the last like not even, not even the third like fourth or fifth that i could even think of uh in the last year that has passed away, right? Like, there's been Mac Miller who was mm-hmm. uh, who died by drugs. There was Tentacion who died by gun violence. There's uh, another rapper uh, named Tech Nine, not like the ultra famous Tech Nine, but the battle rapper Tech Nine uh, who passed away due, uh, due to health issues, right? Um, and it's a message, right? That like, yo, like people, like we we like we see people suffer all the time uh, in in black communities, right? And it's become a thing where it's just abnormally normal um and it's heartbreaking to see and you can understand why people would be like hey like we need to change this we need to like by any means necessary mm-hmm, uh we need to like sure. rise, rise up and change this and so um but i think yeah, too kill- like the oh, ahead, what yeah. happens sorry i think too you know they the reason why i said like quote radicalized like i said quote because yeah it's not that radical to think that we should do something it's not radical and to the people of wakanda who are trying to protect you know, their vibranium and to protect them, their people from the world, it's radical to them. But for, for, um, the, Unjub, I can't remember the dad's name, but the, the uncle and for Eric, it's mm-hmm. not that radical, but I think it, it becomes radical when, you know, he, like Killmonger has been through so much and he's built himself to be this character with all these kills, um, which has made him a little bit more radical by wanting yeah. to, take the weapons and not only not only use them to help people but also to 
overthrow and weaponize the world and that's where yeah. it does become a little radical like the idea of him wanting to like restart things and like we're going to be the ones on top right like that's mm-hmm. like i mean this it, he goes a, st- a, a step further where it's like okay like like at this point like i don't know if i could uh stand with you totally uh, right. uh there killmonger but you kind of you kind of understand the heart of what he's saying oh, yeah, um and, sure. I ca- and you also kind of understand like the flaws at which um t'challa and his father uh, we're thinking right, and even like you, there is the point at which uh, T'Challa's father, uh, King T'Chaka, uh, I think it was in the ancestral plane where he kind of like says like uh, he was the truth we chose to omit. The truth um, to omit, yeah, like yeah. that. That part really, that part broke my heart, and the fact that like Zuri says the reason we left him was to maintain the lie, and that part is just so. Ugh. It just yeah, like, breaks my heart. It's super powerful like, when you you understand like why like both sides were kind of mm-hmm. kind of ended up uh, the way they ended up and kind of were doing what they were doing. Um, and I think it it, it even the debate between T'Challa uh, and uh, Lupita Nyong'o, who I can never remember her character's name, um, uh, Nakia. Nakia, yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, even like the conversations they were having towards the beginning of the movie of like of like hey. Like we should be going out there. Like we should be helping the world. And T'Challa being like, um, I I I forget. Uh, he didn't say this to Nikki. I think he said this to Killmonger actually. That we're not the king of the world or whatever. Or, or I forget. I forget the exact quote. It essentially, implies that like I'm in charge of Wakanda. I'm not in charge of the Earth. Um, and you kind of understand it, right? You kind of get it because you don't want the world to kind of come through and ruin what you've built. You don't want right. Um, you like you've seen the corruption that goes on um at a worldwide scale and you don't want that to come in and like ruin um what wakanda is built as as a, as a country and, and kind of mm-hmm. take away from it and kind of instill from it and, and all those pot- uh, potential outcomes you could see um but at the same time like do you have the responsibility as like the um theoretically the most powerful nation on the earth to to go out and do the outreach especially for people who uh who look like you who are suffering like all around the all around the world i feel like the movie does a good job of presenting that that that, that like conundrum back and forth. that they find themselves yeah, yeah for sure um so yeah that's probably the biggest reason i i, I appreciate this movie uh, mm-hmm. aside from just like what they do uh culturally and what they do with like because i'm nigerian american so i i'm first generation american my family's nigerian i actually i lived in nigeria for two years uh growing up from like 11 to 13 um but watching this movie, it's interesting to like be watching it and having uh, uh, kind of both sides of the coin kind of represented for me where like I'm American. Right. But I'm also I'm also African. And so uh, uh, this is the, this is probably the first movie I've watched um, that has tackled both like uh, both the, uh, those people in like the same breath. That is like, I don't know, kind of presented this uh, uh, this like balancing act in both ways of like, OK, cool. This is. Um, Kill, like Killmonger's American from like a from uh Oakland from a poor area and he's suffering from all this stuff uh and and Black Panther is like or Wakanda right is this like uh flourishing African country how do we balance those two ideas and how do we make them play together in a way that mm-hmm. doesn't feel forced in any way and kind of uh shows that the unity that that both people can have despite like a lot of times like they're feeling they're thinking like that a it has to between... be pinned for sure yeah yes yeah exactly. and I wrote down to like you know like i'm a white woman right i have always Mm. seen like nerd culture and just entertainment in general uh portrayed mainly by like by white people and you'll always have like side roles of like people of color and stuff but what was like so fucking amazing about this film is that 
the entire cast, except for maybe like two side characters, were African American. You know, like that was mm. one of the coolest things to see. And especially like, like I said, like for me, I'm used to being represented throughout media and then seeing like Wakanda, this like beautiful Afrofuturistic land that, like you said, if they tried to, if they tried to open themselves up to the world, what would the world do? And like how, what kind of repercussions that would make? But like, think about it, like, mm-hmm. like Wakanda has not been touched by any European colonizers and see what they have made without having that holding, mm-hmm. holding them down. And like, what could happen? What could happen to Wakanda if people, if like colonizers do get a hold and find out yeah. but i guess i guess we'll find out and eventually like, in like a, yeah. in a second movie but and you can very um, well understand and understand that uh that fear right um and i think that's like a super good to point out that like yeah like the this movie um is like aside from like one or two uh side characters right like a, a majority like black right and then also mm-hmm. i think this movie this movie is also great because there's a good portion of black women in this movie like oh, every sure, other yeah. side every other like uh side character on the good side uh outside of t'challa is basically a black woman like all the other strongest characters like you got shuri who's like one of my favorite characters in this movie like shuri is absolutely amazing she's great. um uh shuri okoye nakia uh angela bassett which right like, by the way they're all Lupita nyango is the most beautiful woman Oh, in yeah. the world oh my like every time i see her in any movie i'm just like oh i gotta go i gotta go just stare at her yeah it's like yo <laughs> we I, I mean people should have like paintings of you in like a museum or something right um but yeah like God, black black panther is, is so good i i, I I'm, I'm trying to think of uh something else i wanted to touch on that i mm-hmm. can't uh think of right now crap i can't think of it it's a great movie and like not only like the the cultural impact of the film and the things that happen inside the film but like when you think about um the red carpet night for opening night for black panther they when like for friends and family and the cast when they invited them there they put on the on the invitation to wear royal attire and i don't know if you remember seeing like pictures or like videos of the people arriving to see the film but it was so amazing because like half half the people there were wearing like fancy like suits and dresses and really great outfits but then the other half were wearing like african royal attire and they showed up and people were coming out to the theaters dressing up in royal attire like it was one of the coolest like things to see especially like i said going to a marvel movie where we just expect it to be like let's watch a superhero film and then go home excited but like it brought so many people together and started mm-hmm. this like amazing phenomenon and like ugh, so great so yeah. so good from like an outsider point of view to like witness that yeah really like my only critique with the film would be uh the action at points like the cgi kind of comes across almost yeah, like think, video gamey as yeah at, i think that was times. most people's complaint was the cgi of course yeah like it really comes through during the ending fight like uh, within like the the train um uh, station like the underground train station uh story sec- uh, section and then also uh, i remember the first time watching the film when it got to the the club portion um and with like claw and stuff um the 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 part where things first pop off and i think there's a, there's a shot where uh t'challa jumps to like the yeah, second yeah, uh, yeah. floor it looks super like 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 he looks like he weighs nothing <laughs> when yeah. he does that which like makes sense cuz he's a cat 
Like he's, he's supposed a cat, to be the Black Panther. Plus, like but... he has the speed and the agility and stuff, but it, it yeah. did look a little strange. I thought yeah. the the most the most CGI like weird scene to me was the end scene on the tracks with uh T'Challa and Killmonger in their yeah. like suits and they were fighting there. That was a little like you could see a lot of like weird motion going on. Um, yeah. Even when they're falling down, like when they're like mm-hmm. fighting each other in midair, it was like, okay, like hopefully like I I went in Black Panther too, and maybe I hope we see this because I feel like they uh Marvel uh, has maybe gotten this critique uh, quite a bit with uh the newest films, but like I hope they go back to more practical action. Uh mm-hmm, kind of like the sure. stuff we see in like Winter Soldier where uh you could you got, like there's choreography in there that is just super super quick and super and feels weighted and feels good. Like I was watching Avengers recently um and I couldn't help but to notice like man like Hulk looks great in this, this. Like he doesn't seem as like CG. I mean, he's obviously CGI, but there is a weight. What to are you talking about? The action. It's the real Hulk. Um, yes, it's exactly. It's, it's the real Hulk. Hulk. Um, but I kind of hope that they kind of go back to uh, not relying too much on the CGI and going back to like, hey, let's shoot this more smartly and make it so that like characters have weight and make it so that like you can believe the action that's going on um that's a critique and then my my one other critique that i don't even know i don't know how much of a critique it is um as opposed to like an observation that i haven't reconciled yet uh is the um the whole uh ritual to become the black panther and become king of wakanda uh being decided by combat i never really understood that fully because like i don't know i feel like for a nation so powerful and so like um uh technologically like progressive to like decide king uh based on like physical strength seems weird to me um and also like as somebody who's nigerian right like i i'm sh- i'm sure I'm, i don't know nigerian history like that i'm sure at some point that might have been a thing but i'm like i feel like there's not really a current tradition that i could think of that require like there might right. be things to uh analog to it like if like because i know for my, my sister got married uh last uh last year right um, and she got married in Seattle, um, but we had a Nigerian family come over and we did like a, like a mock kind of like Nigerian wedding, um, just to like represent the, the traditions, uh, uh, of Nigeria. Right. And I'm sure like there's ways to do that same thing where it's, you're, you're respecting the tradition by like maybe doing like a mock combat trial or something like that. I don't know. But for them to be, to be like, oh yeah, like you could actually kill a man, <laughs> a man to become the king of the most powerful nation on earth. That right. seems that, like. That I mean, I I get it, but also like didn't really sit well with me in in terms of like what I believe Wakanda uh to be as far Should, as like how yeah. like how like how much they have and like and in the way uh they kind of present themselves as a society. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I see. I saw it as like trying to keep with traditions while also having all this like advanced technology, but at the same mm-hmm. time, I it's yeah, I kind of agree for having that much. Like, it's, like, the flaw in their plan is exactly what happened with Killmonger, right? Because, yeah. like, they have all this this knowledge and power that they sit on, and then someone can just be like, nope, let me kill you, I'm gonna take the throne, and I'm gonna change everything, right? Like, it's yeah. a little bit of a reckless um kind of tradition yeah. that they have. Everything, so. Like, everything else about, uh, especially in the beginning of the movie when they, when they build up to it, right? Like, everything else about it was, like, super cool and super beautiful mm-hmm. and, like, um the uh like the dance they do like the 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 shoulder like the i shoulder, love that <laughs> yeah dance. i love it's when the, they're it's doing it's the that. best right that ritual is awesome and even like shuri raising up her hand and being like can we get this thing over with like i have this thing's <laughs> uncomfortable like 
the whole thing I felt like spoke so much to um uh Wakanda as an African nation um and and uh, I think did so much to kind of uplift the idea of tradition in the society and, and and kind of portray that um but yeah when it came down to combat I was like all right like this is cool for a movie but like it, do I am I really supposed to believe that like this is how you guys decide like who's mm-hmm. gonna run place but um yeah aside from that like Black Panther to me is just an astounding film um mm-hmm. that every time I watch it it just gets better um, also shout out to Killmonger better. for being like, I was about to say Killmonger yeah. is my second favorite villain out of every single MCU villain so mm-hmm. right first about, being right Vulture the guy from oh I was gonna say Iron Man 1 I was oh, gonna say no. that jokingly but Vol- oh. okay I was, gonna, I was thinking you were gonna say uh, Thanos Oh, no, Thanos is number three. Just because, okay. you know, great villain, but I I like to think the villains that are more realistic are the ones that are the scariest and the ones that are hardest to, I don't know, I like, like, Vulture from Spider-Man is such a realistic dude who ends up being, like, terrifying, and same thing with Killmonger, like, he, dude's got a purpose, he's got, he's got a reason for doing the things that he does, and that's what makes him, like, believable and makes him more of a threat i find so that makes sense so yeah that makes sense great villain and michael b jordan that's all (laughs) honestly when he he took (laughs) off his shirt for like the the trial or the combat trial whatever it was um seeing all those markings like last night i was just like dang son (laughs) yeah and i remember watching like i think it was on twitter or something they showed the like the um footage of how they put that on him every day for the filming and it just looks so tedious but so cool because oh, it yeah. looks so real and it they're looks actual, amazing they're actual real like they really branded him for, for the movie which mm-hmm. is crazy yeah so cool but yeah he he is something he is a sight um <laughs> but something that i want to bring up and i didn't know if you caught this but i caught this and i thought I thought it was a little um, interesting, but I don't know how to tie them together. So when um, Killmonger is talking to everybody about sending off weapons to spies, he says, we have spies in Hong Kong, New York, and London, Mm -hmm. which coincidentally are the three um, sanctums of Doctor Strange. Like, they all connect to those three things. I thought that was a very interesting, like, I feel like there has to be a reason he specifically mentioned those three. Um, and also Hmm. when you think about it, like, I don't know how, I feel like it has to somehow connect, but I don't know how. However, when you think about how they drink the, um, whenever they drink the, um, heart-shaped flower and they go into the ancestral plane, um, maybe since, uh, the, like, warlocks, wizards, whatever they want, whatever they are, can go to, like, the astral plane and can go to the mirror dimension, maybe they have something like that too, and that's how they're connected. So I wonder huh. if he knows some of the people in Doctor Strange's crew. That um, would be cool. That would be it, super cool. It had to be a tieback because, like, it, he specifically just mentioned those three, and they are the only three that we have in Doctor Strange. So I just feel like yeah. it has to be something about and that. Like, we haven't seen we haven't seen Black Panther like interact with Doctor Strange yet in any no, of these movies, we haven't, right? Yeah. And like, what if like it uh, in the second half of Endgame after they if, if they bring everybody back or something? And you just see like Black Panther and Doctor Strange, and they'd be like, "Oh, what's up, man?" They're like, "Oh yeah, T'Challa, and they what's know up? each other, right? <laughs> and they just know each other. That'd be super crazy. I'd yeah, like, lose my sure. mind." But um, then when you I think never thought about, about it, that. yeah. But then when you think about it, like, does that mean like since they're on Killmonger's side and they're spies, like would that mean they're bad guys or you know? Hmm. So I, I don't know. Well, just something I mean, to think what, about. 
was he referring to like when he says we have spies in Hong Kong uh, and London and in New York and, and stuff? Was he referring to like um, Wakanda has spies there or like did Killmonger oh, have spies yeah, there? Yeah, yeah, you're right. It was probably just like a Wakanda thing. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, because I I think they said before at a certain point that like um, actually I forget. I actually well I I think the implication could be that like Nakia is a spy, right? And like right, um, yeah. She was like stationed in Nigeria doing doing things there, so they could just have like people all over the place. Um, okay yeah that makes sense it'd be, it could be really cool though if like they have people stationed like in the, in the sanctums like that that could be a wild wild twist for sure it has to yeah. like there's gotta be a reason that that was brought up because like i had i had like similar thoughts about like okay how how does the ancestral plane stuff work and like the way i reconciled in my mind that like is kind of null and void now was that like i had the assumption that the soul stone was just buried under Wakanda, like that's what the yeah. meteor was. Because I think that was, I think that was like a wide kind of assumption from people before. I was really Infinity hoping, War. yeah. I think a lot of people were hoping that the Soul Stone was going to be on Wakanda. There was because we yeah. saw the footage of them fighting on Wakanda, so that's what we all assumed and kind of hoped for, and it wasn't. Which you know th- that storyline ended up being fine, but I think the Soul Stone being tied to Wakanda would have had held them yeah. much more like it significance. Made, it would have made so much sense because like you could say that like oh that's where vibranium comes from and that's like how they're able to go back to the ancestral plane and that's where mm-hmm. they get their powers from like it would have explained so much in a way that tied up so neatly i mean that said i'm glad i mean we're not spoiling infinity war on this podcast i don't think and so or, yeah i don't think um yeah, but not, like not the way they kind of tie it up yeah, yeah yeah the way they tie it up I, th- I think makes sense yeah for sure i liked the character of um what's his name big guy gorilla um, oh mbaku oh love him mbaku. he's a, he is another yeah. snack let me say he's another snack i i still haven't seen us and i know lupita and um the actor that plays him oh yeah are the main two characters and i really want to go see that um because i know he yeah. plays like a completely like he's more of like a goofball in that film um but yeah i liked him as well because you know we get the the only implicate like the only thing we see of him at first is that he's trying to challenge him and he thinks what he's done is wrong and then the fact that you know, he says a life for a life. He helps them out. And then he says, like, why do you come for me for help now? Like, it's been so many years and your people yeah. have just, like, let us sit on the side. And, like, you come for me now. And I don't know if you noticed this, but when T'Challa does become king again, at the end, Mbaku um, is sitting with the council, which I'm assuming means that the Mountain Tribe is now, like, a part. Like, they're all five are back together, which is really, like, a unifying kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. but. For sure, for sure, and I also want to give a, a shout out to like I mean you said it before, but the cultural impact of this film, right? Like I I don't think it fully hit me until like I mentioned my sister's wedding uh, last year. It was like in August, um, but during that during that whole situation, right? Like uh, during the same mock um Nigerian wedding that we we're kind of talking about, like that happened the day before the um like the the actual like wedding that we that was had like in like some like fancy place in Seattle, um, but the mock wedding was taking place uh in essentially a rented out airbnb house um mm-hmm. we had family come over and and, and we did like a whole ceremony on, on and all this stuff um but like there was a point where like my sister comes out uh in her wedding outfit which is like a nigerian like traditional garb um and my aunt like looks at her and she's like oh you look like a wakandan queen and I, in my mind i was like oh you i was like first of all you watch black panther but then also like <laughs> it's super dope that the movie has made such, such an impact that like actual like like nigerian african people uh that i wouldn't even expect it to even like see any marvel movie like i don't know my my aunt doesn't know like doesn't watch iron man um but she's able to make that connection and be like 
um and we're able to kind of celebrate that movie as being something representative of like hey like we're being portrayed in such a great light um just across like across the world as opposed to like only in our own movies um mm-hmm. so yeah like black panther is such a is such a beautiful thing uh because not only because it's a great film but just because like it exists as a thing that people can look to and people can appreciate and people can For see sure, themselves yeah. in um, and so, it's yeah, like such a that. good standalone too like i I mentioned oh, yeah. this many episodes that i don't like origin stories but this stands alone so well you don't have to have any backstory on anybody in the mcu you have a couple characters that pop in but they introduce them well enough that it's like you don't have to see like you don't have to see age of ultron or civil war to like really know who like the only two white people besides bucky are in the film you know what i mean yeah. so and like bucky's a little tie back but bucky is still going to be one of those things that like it's an easter egg for like real mcu fans to get to so for anybody who just wants to see this film and see the impact just watch it because it if you feel like you don't know anything about the mcu it's such a great standalone film that has so many really cool um themes brought up um but yeah it by itself and i don't like origin stories but this one like i said to you before um we recorded it's so well done seeing an origin story that's like that i haven't seen done before makes it more enjoyable than any of the other origin stories that we have so oh yeah for sure yeah is there anything else uh on the story that you want to touch on or i think that wraps up for me as far cool. as things i can think of i'm sure like i'll after this podcast i'll be like oh dang it i forgot oh, to dang, yeah. oh the it's soundtrack okay. the soundtrack is oh, amazing oh my god you were so right yeah the soundtrack like, did you ever yes. listen to like I don't know? Are you in like into rap music that much? Kind of. I mean, I don't did really you, listen you... to as much music any anymore, just because I'm been on my podcast game. And but but yeah, kind of. Yes. Did you listen to like the whole like Kendrick Lamar like yes. uh, curated like album thing that they did for the movie? Yes. Like I'm obsessed with that album. Um, and like I almost wish that more of it showed up in the movie itself. But like the soundtrack that's in the movie. It's so good. It's um, so good. Oh, so I you're talking about you're talking about the 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 sound in the music in the film and not the uh Kendrick Lamar album. I'm talking about both. Or I think both, both are yeah. Yeah. Like th- like this the music associated with this film, I I feel like it's so good. Um I, Ludwig Goranson, I believe, uh is the composer for this film. Mm-hmm. Um and he's like done stuff with like community uh and uh he is one of Childish Gambino's uh producers. Um, he's just like be- been becoming like more and more big as time has gone on. Um, but he absolutely bodied some of the um composition in this film. Like he has a theme for uh, Killmonger that plays um uh, in the second half a lot. Uh, when Killmonger kind of comes through and takes over. Yeah, Wakanda. I know what you're about. It. It's a little bit like fast paced yeah. drumming, but it still has yes. that like beat to it. Yeah, yeah, I know, I know what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah, super good. And like, there's a there's a shot where I think it's after they burn all of the the herb that creates the Black Panther. It transitions from that into the scene of the throne upside down and it's Killmonger walking to the throne and the camera slowly like going from upside down to right side up and uh, Killmonger's theme plays and it's like a hip hop uh, sort of theme um, and it's super, super good. And I think that um, doesn't that like kind of tie in like like it's introducing him, but also like his American side like coming in with. Yes. Which is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, it. It's, it's super good and then also uh i forget what theme this is supposed to represent but it comes up during um their fight like basically that toward the end of their fight uh between black panther and killmonger uh down in the train tunnel 
um it starts to play and it's like a it's like an orchestral uh kind of sound um mm-hmm. and i think it also might play when somebody's an ancestral plane i can't remember, I can't remember who um but that theme if you can figure out what i'm talking about is, re- is really good also um and also like all the stuff they do with drums and all the stuff they do with like uh the, the kendrick lamar album songs popping mm-hmm. up um yeah because in, i in think i can't remember the name of the song but it's the the weekends uh song that's on the track and oh, i think yeah. that plays when they enter the club and it's such a good scene because as they're walking in you hear the like the drumming that's like very much that like a little bit more tribal but then it just goes into the club music when they get in and it sounds really cool and yeah. plus like i am a scissor stan and right when the movie ends and Same. they play um what's it called all the stars um, all the stars so good yes. so good yeah so oh. good. And that, the weekend song, I believe, is just called Black Panther. It's good. And then oh, okay, yeah. during the chase scene, uh, they play Ops, uh, which is a Finn Staples song, um, which is super good. Um, and like the way the the drums, like there's just the drums in general, like the Black Panther drums, like they appear again in a different movie, uh, and you immediately like are like you know what's about to happen, mm-hmm. you know what's about to come oh, up yeah. because those drums are so distinct and they're so good. Um, it's yeah. in um in Civil War and Infinity War. Every single time, like. Not necessarily T'Challa, like like when we get first introduced to T'Chaka and T'Challa in Civil War, you mm-hmm. don't hear it. But when we see the Black Panther jump on for the first time, you hear the drums and you hear that distinct like Wakanda sound. And we hear it in Infinity War, too. Like when um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but when they get there, when they get to Wakanda for the first time, you start to hear the music. And it's just so good. So good. So good. Um, Great film. Great soundtrack. I mentioned this before my Guardians of the Galaxy um, episode, but I, as much as I love the Guardian soundtrack, this one wins for best like oh same musical soundtrack that comes out of the film. Just so good. But yeah, I know we've talked a shit ton about this fantastic movie, but I need to ask you, what are your top three MCU films? And if Black uh, Panther is not in there, where would you put it? So this this was a very difficult question because <laughs> like I so with my friends right. Uh, like Rihanna was on the uh, Iron Man episode of this um, weekly. Me, Rihanna, and a bunch of our friends would watch uh, all the MCU movies leading up to Infinity War. Mm-hmm. Um, and as we were going, I would add uh, add them to like my ranking with a score next to them. Um, and it's it's weird how like things change at t- as time goes on because like. Watching, having like time set on Black Panther has made me realize how much more I appreciate that movie. Um, and then also like watching Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse has kind of mm. like taken a bit away from Homecoming for me, even though I like Homecoming at the time was like my favorite, probably my favorite MCU film. For sure, um, yeah. So now I'm like looking at my list and I'm trying to think. I'm going to say for right now, this will probably change in a couple days, <laughs> um, just because it's always changed with me. But for right now, if I had to rank my favorites... I'm not going to say the ones I think are the best. I'm going to say my favorites. Um, Black Panther, I'm going to put it number one. Nice. Uh, I'm going to follow that up uh, with Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, and then I'm going to follow that up with the first Avengers movie. Nice. Yes. Um, what is your reasoning for the second two? I mean, I know about Black Panther. We've talked so much about it. But um, but yeah, what are, what are the reasons for Spider-Man and Avengers? So Spider-Man uh, is my favorite superhero, like, period. Um, I've... So Spider-Man was probably the first superhero that I actually like got like really into back uh when like the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies uh came out. Um Spider-Man 2 is like one of my favorite video games. Uh and now Spider-Man for the PS4 is one of my favorite video games. 
Um, but I've always just appreciated the character of Peter Parker. I've always felt like I could, and this is probably most people that like are, are into Spider Man feel like they could relate to him. But right, I especially yeah. feel like I could relate to him just because like I like I'm definitely a nerd, and I definitely like growing up in like high school and middle school and elementary school. Kind of felt like I didn't necessarily fit in with people, and I uh, kind of got bullied quite a bit. Um, but like all those elements of Peter Parker, I could definitely like understand and definitely dig. But then Peter Parker also had the Spider-Man side of him, which was like his best self, right? Like that's him, when he's able to like kind of uh, uh, be, uh, I guess Peter Parker at his, at, at his best and uh, be cool and be kind of the thing that he wants to be. Right. And I kind of mm-hmm. felt like I had that with certain elements of my life, right? Like there's something and this applies to everybody, right? There's something that we're all passionate about and there's, there's something that we all, um kind of aspire to be or there's something that we are the best at um in our own lives right and so like for me in high school it was dance right uh in college it was poetry right right now for me it's like creating content for okay beast right there's something that you're fantastic at by the way thank you so so much (laughs) um but there's something that we were all we all uh do to kind of i guess live our best lives right and i feel like that's uh the idea that for Peter Parker, that is Spider-Man. That's kind of like the thing that sparked that idea for me of like, hey, like I might be Peter Parker, but I also I'm also Spider-Man, yeah. um, which is and like the, the coolest thing to say. But mm-hmm. and the best parts, like my favorite parts about Homecoming, is the fact that he balances them both so well. Yes. So yeah, and Homecoming I absolutely love because it's just a. Uh, I, I feel like it's probably the best. Actually, oh, man, I can't say it anymore. I was gonna say it's the, probably the best <laughs> representation of Spider-Man in the film. But, but then we got Spider-Verse, so yeah. Yeah, Spider-Verse. But like I like <laughs> I pro- at this point I probably like both equally. Um but yeah, yeah homecoming. they're two different Spider-Men too. So yes. it's yeah. it's two different stories that are both like portrayed so so well. So Yeah. Um but Tom Holland absolutely kills the role. Uh the way it, it um connects to the MCU, I feel like it's, it's super good, super uh well done. Um and yeah, he just has that heart. Um I feel like that Spider-Man should have. Um so that's why that's number two. Avengers is number three, just because I feel like Avengers is just Avengers is more like a memory for me than an actual like film. Like every time I watch it, I think of like where I was when I watched mm-hmm. Avengers. And, I'm like, the exact ca- same way, and that's yeah. why it is. It is all. Uh, I'm not gonna spoil it. You'll see in a second where it is on my list, but I'm the exact same way. Yeah. Um. Like it. The way that thing things kind of built toward that movie. Uh, when it originally came out, and like the the feeling of watching that movie, I was like, I can't believe this thing exists, and I can't believe all these characters are, like <laughs> interacting with each other in all these dope different ways. And rewatching it uh, about a week or so ago, I was just like, Yo, there are so many quotables in this movie. There are so many moments. There are so many like cool things that they do in this movie that like um, I was debating between put, whether to put Infinity War or Avengers uh, as my number three in this case, uh, or to like even like kick off Spider Man just to have Infinity War in there. Um, but Infinity War and Avengers, I feel like just do very. Or like they satisfy uh kind of that same thing for me. Um and I don't know, Avengers I feel like for me was just like it was the first to do it, which makes it special, and then it just there's like a tightness there, uh, that I feel like just makes that movie incredible. Mm-hmm. And it still holds up really well. Like when yeah. you watch it, you still like there's I mean, there's gonna be issues with like you know, as we progress and things get better with technology and all, but every time i put on avengers i can't stop watching it i just glue in it gives me such nostalgia and it feels so personal because like when that movie came out i think i saw that film like 50 times like i went into theaters and saw it like 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 you saw black Panther. i saw it like five times and then when i got it on Mm. dvd i would make all my roommates watch it with me and it was just it was just a lot because it was the first like 
you know, I'd watched the other MCU films up to it, but it was the first film that I was like, I am invested. I'm yeah. here till the end. Like, let me have this every time. So. For sure. Agreed. So, yeah. Um, this is episode 18, 19, 20, 21. Yeah, this is episode 18. So, which means I have 18 names on my list. Um, so, yeah, I will start at the top with number one, which is Avengers. Number two, Guardians of the Galaxy. Number three, Thor Ragnarok. Number four, Black Panther. Number five, Spider-Man Homecoming. Number six, Winter Soldier. Number seven, Civil War. Number eight, Age of Ultron. Number nine, Captain America First Avenger. Number 10, Iron Man. Number 11, Doctor Strange. Number 12, Ant-Man. Number 13, Thor. Number 14, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Um, 15, Incredible Hulk. 16, Iron Man 3, 17, Iron Man 2, and 18, Thor Dark World. And that is my list. Dang. Bless you for putting Iron Man 3 so low. <laughs> do you like that film? I do not like, oh, I do not like that film. I, well, I don't yeah. like either. I don't, I'm not a fan of like so, really any of the Iron Man films. I mean, the first one is iconic, mm. so that's why it like gets up there. Um, but still, like those, those second, those movies are just not good film i do like iron man 2 more than iron man 3 um but yeah i feel like the iron man trilogy should have been way better than it was like the first Mm -hmm. iron man is like a classic to me right Um, but even so like i still put a lot of other marvel movies above the iron man movies even though i i love tony stark but yeah i don't know those movies just didn't really come together as well as i i kind of wanted them to nope i wish they came together better and i've I've said this before, but I think Captain America definitely has the best trilogy out of all of them, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Just um, wait till the, till the Spider-Man trilogy. Right, right. Uh, wait for that, and then I'll be proven wrong. Um, but for <laughs> now, Captain America holds the, what, holds wait, the so title. What about, what about the Avengers trilogy? Well, yeah, well, I mean, like, solo hero. Okay. Solo hero, yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so yes. Um, before I start to ask you about Endgame stuff, um blessing thank you for coming out and chatting with me about black panther it has been an honor Thanks for having me yeah it's been good i've enjoyed this i i was super excited for this because i <laughs> it meant one i get to watch black panther again but then also i get to talk about black, black panther um and so for allowing me to do those things thank you so much i appreciate thank it you. so thank you for coming out and um yeah follow him on twitter at blessing jr it's b-l-e-s-s-i-n-g-j-r um, if you want to see more content from him, plus, like he said, he's got the OK Beast podcast, which their Twitter is OK Beast Now. So OK B E A S T N O W. OK Beast Now. And y'all are like on every um, podcast platform, right? Uh, yes, we are. If we're not on a po- podcast platform, you can let us know and we'll get there. Yeah. So, yeah, check out their content. It is great. Um, I really do love the stuff y'all put out. Y'all are like one of my favorite um, favorite people's to listen to because y'all just you know some people and this is like cheesy in my own podcast but you know some people just like have the voice and the like presence that you just want to listen to them talk y'all all all have that and it's really great so thank you so much really i really appreciate that yeah um and if you want some more updates on the podcast for the snap you could follow it on twitter at the snap mcu um as usual we're about to talk about endgame so we might not mention too much of a heavy spoiler, but we might talk about things that we want from Endgame that may or may not come true. So if you want to go in blind, stop listening now. The next episode is going to be the most anticipated episode of the series. 
Avengers Infinity War is what I'll be talking about. Um, so check that out when that gets posted out. But yeah, blessing. Tell me what you want to see in Endgame. I want to see Ant-Man shrink down. I want to see him climb into Thanos' ass. And I want to see him expand. <laughs> yes. The I want hero to see, we uh, deserve. The, exactly. Um, <laughs> I don't see. I don't know what I want to see from Endgame, aside from people dying. Like, because, right. I mean, death is a thing that I'm, I'm always, I'm, I'm always kind of forward movies because it's like, I, I want, I want somebody to like grab my heart and just squ- squeeze it. You um, want consequence. You want, that was the, I, yes. the main gripe about Infinity War was that like, it was such a good film and so much happened, but it felt like there was nothing really at stake here because we were just like, yeah. oh, they're going to come back. No, I want people to die. Not in a mean yeah. way, but yes, like, don't come back. Make us feel something, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's that's kind of uh, how I feel, right? Because, like, I had that kind of complaint with, like, and this is a weird movie to ha- have this complaint about in hindsight, but when I watched Spider-Man Homecoming for the first time, I was like, yeah, that was great, but, like, there were no stakes. Like, no, like nobody, like, really b- uh, bit it in Spider-Man Homecoming. Um, and like people, like people like looked at me and they were like, it's Spider-Man Homecoming. What do you expect? And I was like, okay, yeah, I guess that makes, <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, but I, I at least appreciated Infinity War for like the ending feeling somewhat, even though like you knew, you know, like, okay, all these people are probably going to come back. Um, it still felt, I still, it still felt tense it to me. It felt real. Uh, it, oh yeah. Yeah. It felt real to me. Like even from, even just from like the beginning of Loki biting it and seemingly not going to come back. Um, and then like <laughs> Gamora Gamora will probably come back, but still, like, I mean, she she might not. Like, you don't really know what's going to happen with uh, uh, with Gamora, right? And so, right. like, there's some people that are, that are really biting it. And then the idea of, like, okay, like, will the... When they when they do whatever they do in Endgame, is the world going to remember this? Like, is this exactly. going to be a completely different Earth? Like, that kind of thing, I, th- I feel like, is interesting and adds that, like, adds that level of stakes t- uh, to it. I want to see Endgame, like, I don't know, I continue that, but then actually, like, I want to see Iron Man die. I want to see Captain America die. I want to see Thor maybe die. Like I want to see like no. I want to see I want to see the core characters just like bite it. Right. <laughs> I want just to see like, bye. We want yeah. the new characters. You've had your time. That's yeah. Fair. I want and I want like I want this to be almost like a, a, a starting over, right? Um, like mm-hmm. the way I kind of envisioned it is as soon as I finished in Infinity War, I was like, okay, well, what they'll probably do is like all the characters that are living currently are probably all gonna die, actually die, and then all the characters like they're gonna sacrifice themselves to get the characters. Uh, that are in the soul, uh, or mm-hmm. that uh, were banished by Thanos or whatever, snapped away, get them back. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of hope to see, I don't know, some kind of consequence. But then also, um, as far as like what what's in the movie, I hope. Um, actually, I don't know. I don't know if I hope, but what I expect is a lot of time travel. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know if it was rumors that uh, kind of keep me into this, or like. Well, they have the trailer with them wearing the quantum um, suits and they can manipulate time in the quantum realm. So for sure. Okay. Yeah. And I was like never a comic person. So I never really understood like, okay, can the quantum realm like allow them to time travel or like, are they going to space travel? Like what's about to happen? Um, But I think there were like shots of, of um, uh, apparently like Ant-Man in the Battle of New York back in Avengers and like weird things like that i think those shots were leaked a while ago and so yeah people yeah, have yeah. the idea that like they're gonna like travel into different movies um and do some kind of weird stuff like that i really hope that's the case because that sounds awesome um but yeah aside from that i don't know man i'm just ready for the ride i'm just ready for whatever ready for the because... entire three hour ride yeah no legit i'm just like here and i'm like 
I'm I'm sure there's a meme to like explain the way I'm feeling. Where like it's like a um, a master like giving food to a goat or something. And I'm the <laughs> goat and the food is Avengers Endgame and the master is like Disney. Um, that's kind of where I'm at right now. That is that. I, mean, I think I think we're all at that point. We're just ready. We're ready to see what happens. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I I think time travel is going to be a big factor in this film for sure. I've said it before. I think that Doctor Strange has has done something i do think dr strange has somehow he wouldn't have given it up so willingly he has started this path for them that's going to lead them to that one hmm. one ending that needs to happen oh yeah oh yeah and i'm, I'm, I'm i want i hope they explain what dr strange saw and like what kind of mm-hmm. like the thing he had to do was because like it could have just been the like he knows for a fact that in that one timeline that iron man <laughs> can't die here or something like that or yeah. or um that thanos has to snap everybody away for things to continue like i want to i i want to know specific um right. because yeah that was such like a pivotal moment in the infinity war of him being like like f- him first of all being like i will let you die before i give up the, uh the exactly like he made that comment yeah so yeah. it's it's obviously like a big a big deal so yeah i i definitely think dr strange is a big player in endgame and oh Ready? I'm like super ready. The closer we get, the more like nervous I get. But uh, my my biggest thing, and this is like very personal, and people are gonna be like, "What are you talking about?" But my biggest thing is that I hope I don't like fall asleep after the film <laughs> because I'm going to go see this one 9 p.m. and it's a three hour film. Yeah, I'm going at like same. I, I'm going at like 10:30, and I have work that like I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have work and get off at like eight, so I'm gonna uh, just be exhausted and it's gonna be a mess but i've already taken off uh off work because i i just know for a fact that like <laughs> if i get out at like 12 or 1 then it's just not happening no, um, i yeah. hope that and i also also hope that like i'm able to st- like stay away from needing to use the bathroom during those three hours like that I'm, i am rolling up yeah. with my headphones in blaring music because there's always those those fucking assholes oh, yeah. that walk out of the theater and they're like it's Did like, you see Thanos snap? And you're like, what? <laughs> like, I'm not, I'm not yeah. dealing with it. It's like, I can't believe Miles Morales showed up at an end game. And it's like, wait, what? Like, <laughs> wait, what? <laughs> yeah. 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 But I'm super excited for it. I, I'm hoping, I mean, I'm, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it and knock on wood. There is no <laughs> way that this movie can be bad. <laughs> no, it can't. There's no way this movie can be bad. It's not going to be bad. Um, they know, they know what we want. They have built up to this they um know what they were doing so i think there's no way it's gonna be bad i hope not i would cry no it, it can't if it's bad that will be a turn of the century yeah people that, will riot that'd be worse than like some riots we've seen <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, it's gonna people... be like revenge of the nerd of the whole like the last jedi that's gonna happen again yeah. and i don't want like, that to happen see, like cars being flipped over in the, in the movie theater <laughs> parking lots like it'd oh be my pretty God. Bad. it would be so bad <laughs> Ugh. Is there any other like um things that you want to see or any theories that you have? Um, I don't know. Like, I haven't really been thinking too hard about like <laughs> theories. Like, you just I, like after surprised. after after Infinity War, I was like thinking really hard about it. But like, I feel like the more info we get about it, the more I'm just like, yeah, I have really no idea what's happening. What's happening right? In this movie. Like the trailers that have come out have shown some really cool things, but yeah. for the most part, they've kept us in the dark. So they're it's also like, cryptic, right? Yeah. Like, if there was like, and I'm. They're just really good at making trailers because for me, I'm like, if there was time travel in this movie, they would have shown it in one of the trailers, but maybe not. Like, maybe they've only shown the first like ten minutes of the movie. We just have no idea. Like, but maybe I, they have shown time travel in the trailers, and you just haven't been paying attention. 
I mean, Nat did have like a bunch of different hairstyles, and right? so we'll see. Yeah, I guess that would make sense that like bearded cap and like unbearded cap would be a good signifier of like what times timeline we're in, and same with like Nat with the hair and like uh, uh, mm-hmm, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, just a lot to think about. It's a lot. Um, I was so sad. I know you said you listened to the the first episode with Rihanna. I was so upset because I was banking on Shuri to be like a, like a main player and then right mm. after the episode we find out that she was dusted oh yeah and i was like Dang. no that Shuri. hurts but she'll be back like that's my thing is like so certain people being dusted i'm like they're they're not gonna throw away that character so easily like sure like Shuri might not be like in all of endgame but she'll i don't even know if she'll be in endgame but um i know for a fact she'll uh, she'll be back i know but, it's like that's what I want to know too. Like, are they gonna like fix everything really early on, and then everybody comes back, and then there's a big fight, or is it like mm. the entire three hours is trying to get everybody back, and then maybe the last ten minutes everybody comes back? Like, yeah. what do we do? I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. We have no idea. It's <sighs> so it's so weird to be like at this that at this point of like the movie is about to come out, and like we've gotten most of the marketing material that we're gonna get, and. None of them, like the marking material, like tells like shows us certain moments, like uh, Cap and and um Tony being like, uh, I trust you or whatever, um, like they show us those and like they show us supposedly like stepping up to Thanos, uh, again, uh, Cap, Iron Man, and Thor, mm-hmm. yeah. But like we've seen them like fake things before, exactly. So we can't really believe anything they're saying. Yeah, especially the the shot of them stepping up to, to Thanos. I'm like that looks like a fake like a fake <laughs> shot almost. <laughs> Um, but even like the other stuff, right? Like, yeah, like that's not really telling me that's like, you're not giving me any information on like, like, what is the mission? Everybody's dead. Like, how are you like, what is the plan here? Especially Um, because like in the trailers we've seen of Captain Marvel, we know that's really early on because, um, uh, Natasha still has her blonde hair. Yeah. So she's here and they're like, all right, let's go. Let's go to Thanos now. And like, we don't see the quantum suits or anything. So like, do they go find him? and then? like get defeated and then have to start all over like what happens we don't know did you see the clip from um it was, it was a recent release clip it was them it's them like kind of talking to captain marvel and like um uh, what's his name war machine um was all like oh man like where have you been during this whole yeah, time captain yeah. Marvel's like yeah um there's th- other universes <laughs> yeah yeah like all, all that stuff right <laughs> When uh, when Thor walks up uh, to Captain Marvel and does the thing with his axe and like summons his axe and is like I like this one all that stuff during that portion of him like walking up and then summoning his axe if you turn up the volume you can very clearly hear somebody whispering um what was it I have telepathy or something like that what? and this is like this is like in the official like this isn't like a like a random YouTube channel that like uploaded the clip this is like from like. I think it's either Disney or Marvel. Like one of the channels, like one of the official channels, uploaded this clip, and you can clearly hear somebody saying that, like, whispering very, very softly, "I have telepathy." And do you think it's me- like the that scene right there when he's like, "I like her," she's like talking to him, and they're like talking to each other in some kind of like God universal like tell. Like- That'd be dope. Possibly, Ooh. I like. I was trying to think. I was trying to like figure this out. Because that's such a weird scene. Like, it's super weird. Like, yeah. did you hear? Did you, like, did you hear that? Uh, no, the, the I, I'm about? gonna yeah. go look into that. As it took, soon me, as we it took me going into comments 
to be like somebody saying saying like oh yeah like if you go to this number and turn it up you can hear somebody clearly saying this and i was like wait what and then i did and i was like oh no somebody's clearly saying this and like it could be somebody it could be somebody who was like snapped to um us or snapped away by thanos being like in like another dimension or something and like trying to communicate that way mm. or like i i have no idea what it is but i don't know i it's interesting to say oh the least. my god blessing i'm gonna have to go on reddit and go crazy <laughs> down my rabbit yeah. hole again i'll I'll send it to you if, uh, um, okay i'll look it up because it's interesting it's weird <sighs> it's new stuff every time there you go that's right. what i do well thank you thank you for that thank you for adding another theory to my bucket um yeah, we are so close. We have uh, three more episodes. And then, yeah, I'm probably going to do a post, um, you know, post-movie kind of spoiler cast kind of thing. But I am so excited. We're almost there, y'all. Um, blessing. Thank you again for hanging out. Um, Anytime. Yeah, it's been fun. Uh, again, if you like the podcast, go follow us on Twitter uh, for all the updates at the Snap MCU. If you're listening on iTunes services. Give us a thumbs up. Give us a rating or maybe a comment down below what you think. Um, but yeah, like I said, the next episode, Infinity War, it's going to be crazy. It's probably going to be a really long one. So be prepared for that and all of that info. Um, but yeah, y'all, thanks for listening and y'all have a great rest of your day. Bye.